1: Hide your kids. Lock the doors. You're listening to HR's most dangerous podcast. Chad Soash and Joel Cheeseman are here to punch the recruiting industry right where it hurts. Complete with breaking news, rash opinion, and loads of snark. Buckle up, boys and girls. It's time for the Chad and Cheese Podcast. Oh,
2: yeah. Keep my co-host name out your fucking mouth. Whatever, man. Bald jokes are always funny. Yo, it's the Chad and Cheese Podcast. This is your co-host, Joel, and the Oscar goes to Cheeseman. And this is Chad. I love me some universal health care so wash. On this week's show, Candidate ID gets a rousing applause, Hacker rank makes it rain, and porn star Brie Olson finally helps us break down the great resignation <laughs> like only a porn
1: star can. Let's do this.
2: We did. Dude, wrap it up. I'm a little hungry.
1: Imagine that. Uh, okay, listener, get ready to use today's tech to drive efficiencies and productivity. Visit textkernel.com. That's T-E-X-T-K-E-R-N-E-L.com. Mmm, nachos.
2: <laughs> what, what happened, man? It's, it's been an interesting morning for you.
1: Yeah, it's been an interesting morning. So, my wife is incredibly beautiful, but she's also clumsy. As she oh. is beautiful. And uh so she uh the, the, ro- the roads here in Europe aren't quite as OSHA uh, certified. <laughs> yeah, they're 3000 years old. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, right? It, it, I mean, you've had the same issue, right? I mean, with some with some lime scooters in mm, Paris. Come on now. Come on now. A little bit different. Yeah, Julie Julie found true. herself uh, smack dab on the uh on the bricks. And uh, so we had to try out the universal healthcare. We were in and out within just over an hour. They did X rays, really everything. We came to the we came to the uh, attendant after, and we're like, "Hey, um, where do we pay?" And she's like, "Oh no, we don't need your money." <laughs> and I'm like, "Um, uh, okay, <laughs> okay, okay." <laughs> and it only took an hour. Yeah, it only took an hour. It it was in and out, dude. Yeah, I think most Americans
2: have a vision of like, you know, skeletons with cobwebs in the corner, you know, <laughs> waiting waiting to get seen by a doctor. So that's very heartwarming that uh an hour in, no no money, did no cast. I mean, the x-ray was fine. Julie's yeah. okay.
1: Yep. And, yep, yep.
2: Uh, you guys will be hitting happy hour right after the show, I assume. So
1: Amen. Awesome. Amen, but it, it won't be the kind of happy hour That uh, Chris Rock had. Give me your take on this, okay? Like, what's your take on the smack? Did you think this was real? Was this bullshit? I mean, tell me about this. So I saw
2: it live, um, and and I did think initially that it was fake. Yeah, me too. But then when they started muting out Will Smith and sort of everything got jumpy, I thought, oh shit, that wasn't supposed to happen. And then of course it came out that it was real and everything came out. So I have, I have a lot of it. I have a lot to say about this. It, most of it has already been said in uh-huh. endless memes and blog posts and podcasts. <laughs> so I won't, I won't go too much into it. My, my, my worldview uh, as a parent, one teenager, one tweener and one, you know, toddler basically yeah. uh, is I look at the world through their eyes and how they might view this, uh, mm-hmm. view this incident. And to me, from that point of view, it was just it was just horrible because, number one, violence is never right unless it's self-defense. So you have that sort of uh, one of their heroes. Right. Will Smith, oh, yeah. you know, yeah. someone that, that, that they look up to or at least have uh, have enjoyed from that perspective. So. Not only, you know, was, is it now, you know, he, he, he assaults Chris Rock. Yeah. And instead of being like escorted out of the building or, you know, he got to sit there, he got to get his award. He got to go up stage. He got a standing ovation. And then he partied yeah. at the Vanity Fair, you know, uh, shindig for right. hours on end and got celebrated. So, so one, you know, violence is never the answer. And when it, when it happens, you shouldn't celebrate people that do it. All in all, it was horrible. It was a bad look for I think America. There was very little good about it. Although I do think that Chris Rock's yes um, de-escalating of mm-hmm. of the of the uh, of the occurrence and sort of you know turning the other cheek was admirable, and I think his stock is going to come out of this uh, much higher than than Will Smith's.
1: That's my focus. My focus is how Chris Rock handled it, and that was the most mature of any adult in that room. Uh, So yeah, I think we should definitely focus on there are going to be assholes in the room. How do you handle them? Right. And uh, that was that was that was very admirable. So yeah, I think we should definitely focus instead of all on Will Smith on Chris Rock and how he did. He dealt with this. Yep. Definitely Team Rock. Excellent. And I'm team shout outs. Let's do
2: that. All right. Shout outs. Uh, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to double down on your, uh, your your Will Smith shout out. And I'm going to give a shout out to Bruce Willis. Oh, okay. I don't know if you've read this being over in Europe and all, mm-hmm. uh, but um, he's been diagnosed with a disease called aphasia, which mm-hmm. I had never even heard of. Um, yeah. It apparently alters speech and brain function. You string senses together that have no sense whatsoever. And uh, it's kind of hard to be an actor uh, when you can't speak. So he is going to be retiring from the acting business. Clearly, for you and I in our age group, one of the most iconic. Actors. Yes. Uh, action stars. Heartthrobs mm. for the ladies out there. I mean, just a cool dude. Pulp Fiction. One of my favorite movies. He's, he's great in all those. Uh, so shout out to him. Uh, really sad, but he is he has left a great legacy. Uh, particular, particular for people our age, uh, who were super into movies in the '80s and '90s, and uh, yeah. this guy's a rock star. So shout out to him. Heart heart goes out to his family and hope that he uh,
1: lives a happy, healthy life for for what's left. The best Bruce Willis movie, Die Hard, original Die Hard, can't beat it. No question. Amazing, right? Another another heart throb that we're gonna give a shout out to uh, Anup Gupta. There you go. <laughs> heart throb alert. Nominated as a finalist for GeekWire CEO of the Year. Way to go, Anoop. Woohoo, and sexy. And let me double down on that one. <laughs> Quincy Valencia. That's right, kids. Queen of the chatbots, friend of the show. Uh, she is uh, getting a big shout out for being listed as one of the top women in RPO for 2022. And I'm going to tell you right now, she is. Top's when it comes to RPO, when it comes to tech, when it comes to these this industry. Period.
2: Does she get a uh, a gold chain for that or a uh, a wrestling belt for that for winning that? Well, that yeah. it's bullshit if she doesn't get into <laughs>
1: this thing. She should.
2: Yeah. Shout out to uh to business travel. Uh, this this is from the Wall Street Journal. It's, it's back, back, baby.
1: That's right. Uh,
2: transactions are up significantly over the past nine weeks. Uh, according to uh, SAP Concur, a travel and expense software provider, small and medium-sized companies are driving much of the acceleration. The increase is driven by a host of factors. Workers are returning to the offices. Sorry, Chad. Restrictions are dropping domestically and internationally. The clients who once steered away from in-person meetings are once again comfortable with face-to-face get-togethers. And I, for one, <laughs> can't be happier. Business
1: travel is back, baby. Yeah. It's all good in the business travel hood. Uh big shout out to JobVites Job Seeker Nation survey. I've got some 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 points of uh information to share with you and the listeners out there. Sure. Great stuff. 45% of candidates are actively looking for a new job or plan to within the next year. So nope. we keep talking about the great resignation. It's still happening. Kids, they're yep. planning for it to happen. 32% would quit a job without having another lined up. That was something you never did nope. back in the day, right? It's happening all the time right now. 30% have left the job within the first 90 days of starting. 58 said comp is the top factor in the decision-making process. 63% of candidates who have interacted with a chatbot believe they have improved the experience. Did you hear that? Chatbots have improved the experience. And last but not least, kids, 56% of candidates preferred text or SMS interview scheduling over an email, or a phone call. Again, we keep talking about how tech can help you have a better experience. Fucking use it, people. Come on. <laughs> Speaking of tech, uh,
2: shout out to industry veteran Sanjay Saith, mm-hmm. founder of Rise Smart. Uh, he's got a brand new bag, baby. Uh <laughs> Succeed Smart, which claims to democratize executive search. Whatever the hell that means, has secured six million in seed funding this week. I first met Sanjay back in two thousand and seven-ish or so. He was like mm-hmm. a three-person company and in Dallas, Texas, when he was starting Rye Smart. So I wish wish him the best. He's a solid dude, a nice guy. Uh, shout out to Sanjay and Suck Smart. I mean, Succeed Smart. <laughs> Fucking autocorrect. Anyway, shout out to Sanjay. Shout outs. All right. Uh, events, baby. Events, baby. We're, we're back on the road. Business travel is back. Where are we going?
1: It's happening. We're going to be in Belgium uh, May 5th. So if you are in Europe Come on, mm-hmm. get a flight. It's just a quick and easy hop. Come to Belgium. Uh, go to erecruitment-congress.com. Check that out. Uh, and not to mention, get your tickets for Unleash. We're going to be in Vegas, the latter part of, of May. And to tell you what, we our schedule is starting to get really tight, really crazy, really hectic. Go to chadcheese.com. Click on events in the top right corner. See where we're going to be. Join us there. Register. Can't wait to see you. Let's have a drink. Have a drink with Chad and Cheese. That's, and while you're there, go to few. go to free. Get some free shit,
2: by the way. There I got to mention, we got shirts by Emissary. We got beer from Pillar. And we have whiskey from our friends at Tech's Kernel. When you're at ChadCheese.com, after you click on the travel schedule, click free. Submit your information. We'll get you some, some stuff. Delivered to your front door. I think everyone on the list has gotten something at some point. Yeah. <laughs> and speaking of getting something, yes. birthdays—real excited about this one. Uh, Jeremy Cheeseman uh, enjoys a birthday today. Little man, little man turns five. Uh, wow. I think we, I think we recorded our first show a week before he came, uh, uh-huh. about a month early. So. Yeah, this show and and my last child will be always connected at the hip, whether that's good or bad. Also celebrating a <laughs> birthday is uh, fan Megan Sharp, uh, Dan Cheesman, no 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 relation whatsoever uh, at huh. Zip Recruiter, uh, James Holloman, Paulo Bariga, Ooh. Steve Levy. Mike Timkin, no longer uh, a member. He's retired, but he still listens to Chad and Cheese. He's the OG. Because he knows what's up. Speaking of what's up, Elan Tingai Martinson, our yes. friend out in Sweden, celebrates another birthday this month. Jessica Rush from Paradox. Hank Stringer from It's Big, as well as uh, uh, (laughs) Hire.com back in the day. And Rachel Roberts all celebrate birthdays this week. Happy
1: birthday.
2: Have one on Chad and Cheese. It's (laughs)
0: Topics!
2: All right. (laughs) Our first story... (laughs) Uh, a little bit of news you might have caught uh, recruitment technology firm iSems has acquired candidate.id a vendor of software that automates and personalizes recruitment marketing campaigns the purchase price was not disclosed boo candidate id's management and team of more than 20 people will continue to operate from their glasgow scotland as part of iSems candidate id founded in 2016 Brings dozens of customers to the table. iSims has been on an acquisition spree in recent years, and we've talked about all of them. They've bought text recruiting solution Text Recruit, that's 2018, recruitment cloud firm Jibe, 2019, language processing firm, and deathmatch winner Opening.io, that was Boom. 2020. Uh, iSims filed for an IPO in August. iSims boasts more than 4,000 customers, including 40% of the Fortune 100. Chad, Good things happen to good people.
1: Your thoughts? Damn straight. Well, I wanted to have Adam on the show, but you know how it is. He's going to have to be corporate now, so he's getting locked down. So I was like, okay, (laughs) let me get one question. One question. Uh Adam, why was iSIMS such a good fit for candidate ID on this acquisition? So go ahead and roll that beautiful bean footage. Here's Adam Gordon.
3: Well there's really two answers to that but the first one the first one's great so just over 2 years ago we saw an announcement from iSims that they hired a new CEO and we thought that was quite quite interesting but then when we noticed that that person had uh, most recently been the CEO of Marketo and sold it to Adobe Scott and I just thought that's gonna be great for us. For anybody listening that doesn't know who Marketo is, it's one of the thoroughbred marketing automation platforms that B2B sales teams would use. And we we, we were just delighted because we knew it was gonna shine a spotlight on marketing technology, marketing automation technology within um, the TA world, and so you know, we kind of we kind of wondered whether iSIMS might go and build its own marketing automation technology, and if it did, we knew that was going to be good for us. But um, I mean, we, we didn't necessarily know this was the way it was going to go. But you know, we're uh, pretty happy with it. Then the second reason was we got to meet. A whole bunch of other people in the, in the business, like Diane and Laura Caccaro and Mike Wilczek and Peter Modica and Al Smith. And we, we, you know, from summer last year right through till uh, now, we liked every single one of them. And what we noticed was their vision for what they wanted to do and what we knew we could do was absolutely aligned, completely aligned. And so then we looked at the customer base at iSIMS and we went, wow, big customer base, lots of in-demand talent needing hired in healthcare, in tech, in business services. And so there was a really good overlap on that. And, you know, we just got to the point where we thought we've really proven this. We've got a good customer base at Candidate ID. But if we want to get to like a thousand customers, we need, I've described it as bigger wings. We need bigger wings and there's not really bigger in TA technology than iSims. So, you know, the, the, the fit for us was really obvious.
1: Really obvious. And in, in full transparency, I was an investor and an advisor, so there's going to be a little bias from this side of the mic. Mm-hmm. It was very interesting for us because we got to see Adam and Scott. I mean, really not back in 2015 when they first started, but early on, mm-hmm. uh, Adam was was on the show. He was also on Deathmatch. He's on the show multiple times. Yeah. So we got a chance to really, you know, become friends, right? Yep. And uh, to be able to also know the people at ISIMS, you know, Mike Wilcheck and the gang over there. Yep. And then have the conversations around, wait a minute, Steve... <laughs> Lucas uh, is a Marketo guy. Jesus Christ, man. This is this, this could be perfect. Yeah. Uh, and it and it actually ended up this way. Who would have known that it ended up this way? I'm glad it did. Uh, at the end of the day, that that to me is awesome. But but think about it, and let's get into the market real quick. Jobfight mm-hmm. just released their new Evolve platform that unified all their tech, including their marketing automation. And now ISIMs plucks the best Marketo for recruiting platform off the board. I think, can you tell me what you think? Is this a holy shit moment for Phenom and Beamery right now? <laughs> um, I, I, would, I
2: would say so. We talk about the platform wars quite a bit, and it looks like um, those companies maybe need a bigger boat at this point, need to find a, a suitor. Um, but I had, I had four things that I wanted to focus on on this, mm-hmm. if, you'll, if you'll humor me. Please. My first reaction to this was a little bit of sadness, actually. Uh, because I knew the odds of someone we both like so much personally, uh, Adam was probably, Mm -hmm. uh, on his way out of the industry eventually, uh, like Amon Brar, Shane Gray, Eric Kostelnik and others. Uh, Adam Mm -hmm. is likely to get the hell out of Dodge once his contractual obligations are fulfilled. Time will tell on that. I guess we'll see, but I had, I had an initial sadness, like it will be sad if Adam leaves uh, the industry. Um, yeah. my second my second was I love that candidate candidate ID took note of marketo's former CEO taking over iSIMS as an open door to get a deal <laughs> done. Uh, so often we talk about the buyer being the one who uh-huh. finds the deals, whether it's maybe through their marketplace or something else and t- sometimes it's the acquired company that initiates uh, a deal. so there's a lesson there for startups out there. If you see a window open, like jump through it as soon as possible uh, and use this as a, as a, as a guide. Third, I wonder how this plays into the ISIMS IPO, which feels a little stalled to me at this point. I appreciate that timing maybe isn't great to go public uh, with the market crashing, uh, global conflict, et cetera, but acquiring a business before the IPO is a bit odd to me. Anyway, time will tell on that. And, and, We'll see. but and, and last, lastly, you mentioned it or you touched on it was the crowdfunding strategy that Canada ID chose is going to be, I think, a future trend that we're going to see more and more of, uh, particularly mm-hmm. as you see success stories like this one. Um, I know you invested, obviously, I think others like Tim Sackett, uh, industry folks were able to get in on a company that they've read about, that they've researched, maybe that they're actually using mm-hmm. or recommending uh, to, to customers. And I think that's exciting you know, to, to think you don't have to be a, a venture capitalist or have a certain amount of income or uh, have certain licenses to invest in these companies is really, really cool. Um, side note, Paradox's investing arm uh, took a piece, a little piece yeah. of, of candidate ID as well. So mm-hmm. they had a nice little little payday. I think crowdfunding is going to gain steam um, in light of this deal. I'm I've grabbed a small piece of of this way global. Uh, Last year, uh, they're on WeFunder. I think they still are. More than anything, just to learn how the process goes. And I, I'd like to, I'd like to ask you, you know, did you get a check immediately? Like, did did you? uh, They used like a a European platform, right? Um, You can talk about that if you want. If not, uh, that's no big deal. But I think that would be an interesting lesson for the audience who want to get involved in crowdfunding. So a lot of facets to this deal. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think it just begs a lot of thoughtfulness about what it means for the future as well as sort of how it impacts uh, companies in the present.
1: Short answer, money's already in the account. Okay. (laughs) If you take a look at this, I mean, Canada ID only took $3 million, right? Mm -hmm. We talk about unicorns all the time. But I think the real stories, the real platforms that make this industry run are the workhorses and candidate ID was one of those workhorses. You know, we, we do talk about, and I'm going to give, I'm going to give some shit to be Marine Freenom because they are the bigger, the bigger platforms that are out there right now. But originally, you know, their messaging was around trying to be really good at marketing automation. Again, trying to be that Marketo for recruiting and trying to bridge that gap. But after receiving tons of cash, tons of funding, They had to broaden up their product offering to justify a greater TAM for investors. Mm -hmm. And then they lost focus and they never ever got an opportunity really to become that Marketo for recruiting just because they took so much money. So when we talk about all of these unicorns, it's fun. Don't get me wrong. It is fun, but we can't forget about these smaller organizations who didn't take a lot of money, or maybe Mm -hmm. they're still fucking bootstrapping or they Turn down money, right? We talk about uh hire EZ a few a few months ago. Yep. There was a lot more money than I think it was $26 million there to take. But the CEO said, guess what? I I don't want that dilution. So so it's it's really interesting to see the path that organizations take. And this is just a great success story for a great team.
2: Yeah. It's not too little money that thanks companies, it's too much <laughs> money, which is a great segue into our it's next a- news story. Assuming you're done with uh, candidate ID and ISIM. So let's talk about HackerRank. Holy shit, we got a unicorn alert possibly on this one, although it's not official. HackerRank, a coding challenge hiring platform, announced a $60 million Series D funding round, bringing its total raise to $115 million. Investors included the Ronstadt Innovation Fund and Recruit Holdings, owner of Indeed and Glassdoor. Isn't that interesting? Uh, Vivek <laughs> Sankar, which I probably did not say correctly, CEO of HackerRank, said, quote, it's never been more critical to hire the right developer with the right skill set, end quote. HackerRank reported it has more than 2,800 customers, including more than 25% of the Fortune 100 and a community of 18 million developers. It is based in Mountain View, California. This is exciting news for our Buddy Vivek, isn't it, Chad?
1: It sure is. And can you imagine how Vivek and the crew over at Hacker Rank f- uh, felt when they heard Stack Overflow was pulling out of the jobs and talent market? <laughs> right? So, I mean, so think of this now Stack Overflow's exit in this market is going to create a vacuum mm. that now Hacker Rank with this money can fill. And that's now that's their job, right? They've got to take a look at what stack was the the market that stack was going to have. Mm -hmm. They've got to fill that before somebody else does. So it's time to go aggressive and take hold of becoming the alpha male in the market that right now doesn't really have a dominant alpha, right? There are a ton of different organizations, a ton of different platforms, but there's no real alpha per se. And we all thought that GitHub, was going to be a much bigger player after the acquisition by Microsoft. Mm -hmm. And then obviously coupling strategies, not tech, but coupling strategies with LinkedIn. But that didn't happen either. So the pole position is there to be had, and hopefully Vivek and HackerRank can grab it.
2: Yeah, and it's a great uh, contrast to uh, the Beameries and the Phenoms of the world in terms of uh, money raised and, and time to do that. So HackerRank has been around for a long time. Uh, yeah, it was founded about two thousand I yeah, think. Uh, And up until now, they've been very conservative uh, with the fundraising. Um, this company's never felt like a flip. It's never it's never felt like a get big and go you know go hard and then sell. And it's always felt like a community. And not as much of a corporate entity, and I think that's, right. just, that's just sort of the organic nature of how it's grown. At this point, the number of potential buyers is dwindling. Uh, when you start raising this much money, remember Microsoft acquiring GitHub in 2018 for 7.5 billion dollars. Yeah. Uh, so I'm wondering if if now HackerRank is eyeing an IPO, uh, which I really hope they pursue. Uh, I'm I'm frankly tired of monitoring Dice. Uh, let's get Hacker Rank <laughs> on the public markets and show uh, DAX and Zip uh, Zip how it's done. Mm-hmm. I'll add that GitHub is facing some community backlash. Uh, you can yeah. Google it if you're interested, but uh, that could also be driving Hacker Rank's interest in sort of staying solo and not selling to a, a big goliath. So uh, I'm, I as well as I think you are rooting for Hacker Rank, and I would love to see them go public on their own and, and let the cards you know fall where they may. And I, I think they'd have a lot of success based on what they do, which is fantastic work. And they've been doing yeah. it for a long time.
1: Yeah, I agree. And definitely go out to Google and, and search Chad Cheese and, and Vivek and our hacker rank. We, uh, we actually uh, interviewed him a couple of years ago. Great guy. Uh, yeah. Great guy. And, and one of the things he said that I thought was incredibly poignant was there are, Enough developers out there we keep saying that there's a lack of developers he Mm -hmm. totally called bullshit on that said there are enough developers if you are looking remote and now and this this was before the pandemic right yeah guess what everybody's fucking remote so I mean he was he was fashion forward no question we love us some good bullshit callers don't we Chad
2: (laughs) well let's take a quick break and uh, pay some bills and we'll talk about more startups and money and
1: stuff Human resources is supposed to be about humans. I mean, it's right there in the name. But when your hiring team is more like an assembly line glued to their computers, manually posting heaps of jobs everywhere they can think of, that human part feels nowhere to be found. This is a new era. Pando IQ takes the mind-numbing copy-pasting and nerve-wracking guesswork out of the job posting process. When you plan a hiring campaign with Pando IQ, you tell us who you need. Then, before you ever spend a cent, we predict what it will cost to find them. PandoIQ chooses the ideal recruiting sites from thousands of options, targeting the ones your next great hire frequently visits, then fires off your ads at precisely calculated times, surfacing the most relevant applicants for you to pick from. Now you're free to get to know the best talent, build great teams, and take care of your humans. Pando IQ will do the rest, so you can get back to doing what the computers can't. For more information on PandoIQ, go to pandologic.com. That's pandologic.com. And we're back. On the rise, or not so
2: much. There's got to be a bad joke in there somewhere, a bad dad joke. All right, uh, let's talk about work rise. A little less than a year ago, Austin startup WorkRise, also known as RigUp, uh, which has grown by linking businesses in the energy sector with needed workers, raised $300 million. That was just a year ago, Chad, in new funding. This week, the company announced it is laying off some employees. The news comes less than a year after the company touted a pre-funding valuation of $2.9 billion. Unicorns couldn't immediately be reached for details on how many employees were impacted, but commenters on Glassdoor and Blind estimated layoffs will be in
1: the hundreds. Chad, what do you make of this news? Unicorn down, unicorn down. I, I like I said, you know, it's not all about the money, right? A, a lot of it has to do to go to with go to market. It has to be on around understanding the market. Uh, they talk about in very vague terms, verticals, shutting down verticals that are obviously underperforming. What fucking verticals are you talking about in the energy market? Uh, You know, there are some that obviously we want to try to get away from coal and 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 petroleum, but uh, I mean, where? What other verticals? Right? To me, this feels like a a diversion. It's 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 weird. It really is. I don't. It it, it seems more like mismanagement than it does anything else because this is when they should be fucking booming. Yeah. I, I don't know, but in a letter to employees procured by our friends over at the AIM Group, so. Way to go, AIM Group. Mm-hmm. The letter said, quote, we will immediately right size parts of our business and divert for, from others. We've signed buyers for one of our businesses and are exploring sales for the rest, close quote. So again, oh, hell no. what the fuck is going on? Are you selling them off? Are you shutting them down? Again, it seems like a diversion. Uh, we don't know what's really going on there. Yeah, I agree. This
2: one's a hard one to break down uh, because we don't know how the company is pivoting, right? They're, they haven't been very transparent on that. Uh, you know, thanks to Russia, jobs and energy and opportunity should be smoking hot right now. This should be a shit hot company. Um, I've hard time yeah. thinking that they're just ignoring that opportunity. I also wonder how the airball that was uh, the Build Back Better initiative uh, at the federal government level. Hasn't had a negative impact on companies like Workrise. Uh, big federal checks mean a lot of opportunity and job postings, which isn't going to happen uh, because that legislation got voted down. Uh, when you're valued at almost three point or three billion dollars. Uh, The rope gets really short, and the room for error uh, shrinks significantly. Uh, I'll say it again. Companies don't fail because they take too little money. They fail because they take too much money, and this might be in full effect uh, with WorkRise. The question going forward to me is this. Is WorkRise a canary in the coal mine for all the unicorns we've been highlighting for the past 24 months? I say yes, but only time will tell, Chad.
1: I, yeah, I think it's, I, I think it is the canary in the coal mine for all of those. Organizations who literally have no focus and discipline. And Mm -hmm. that's hard. Unless you actually break down and understand their go-to-market, if you if you can better understand that, then you can see where especially a startup's gonna go awry, right? When they're gonna go into a tailspin and they're gonna fucking nosedive. That's the hard part though, to be able to actually get in. And, you know, as an advisor, in some cases, I get a chance to actually peek my nose in and and see some of those things, and you do as well. Mm -hmm. In this case, is it good to market? Is it leadership? I mean, I can't see where it would be anything else because this is a shit hot market. But for the rest of the, the the unicorns, I mean, they should they should definitely be scared and they should be taking note.
2: Yeah. I mean, on a macro level, on a macro level, when you see, you know, Zoom and uh, DoorDash uh, fill in whatever high flying uh, covid inspired stocks that you can think of are all ah. down 40 50 60%. If you don't think that's impacting our industry, uh, although these aren't public companies, you're you're dead wrong and a lot of investors are looking at these, you're going to see a lot of down rounds, you're going to see a lot of layoffs. Uh, you're going to see a lot of a lot of bad news I think coming out of these companies and we'll be happy to talk about it here on the show. And speaking of happy about talking about it, let's get into future fit it's a GPS for your career, Chad. FutureFit AI, a New York City-based AI-powered career navigation platform provider, has closed on a first funding round of $4.5 million. The investment was co-led by JPMorgan Chase and Acumen America. FutureFit AI says it is the market leader as the navigation layer of workforce development seamlessly connecting multiple stakeholders Stakeholders and solutions in one comprehensive user journey. The platform uses advanced (laughs) labor market data and machine learning to identify an individual's starting point in the labor market, recommend best fit career path destinations, and build a personalized roadmap of learning resources and work opportunities to successfully guide them from point A to point B. Chad, are you feeling future fit or is this one a little too baggy for your baby
1: gap like frame? (laughs) So this is a perfect example of what we were just talking about around discipline. These guys need to pick a fucking lane for God's (laughs) sakes. They only have five point five million dollars in total. Crunchbase is missing a million for some reason. They don't know whether to focus on users, corporate or government. Right. And they're not big enough to be able to go after all of them. If you're trying to go after transactional and you're trying to get everybody to actually download this fucking thing and use it for career tra- the, the the GPS for your career, mm-hmm. that is an entirely different model than going after talent acquisition. Right. And and they have a very, very, very light touch on talent acquisition i am kind of like all the talent management pieces mm-hmm. uh, on their website so i mean again they they need to pick a fucking lane these guys are way too early and way too small to be this broad and this fucking nebulous i it's this is this is the perfect example of what you shouldn't be doing as a startup sounds like
2: a sell from you chad i don't know Easily. sounds like a sell man i i hate companies like this GPS for your career. <laughs> like, fuck off. Give me a break. Tinder for your career. It feels predatory to me, like a resume writing service or the ladders or job box. Uh, it's vaporware to help employers feel good about themselves for thinking they're actually helping their workforce. There's no transparency around the pricing of this shit or what they the product actually is. You got to sign up for a demo for everything. They throw around big logos like, you know, they're the shit. They say they've been featured in The Economist. Really? The Economist? But I can't Google any proof that they've ever been in The Economist. I hate these kind of companies, and I am a huge <laughs> sell on it. And I'll echo your sentiments like future fuck fit, man. That fuck them. All right. Let's move on. Let's not give any more oxygen, please, to future fit. Let's give it to cybersecurityjobs.com. All right. This is this is from our friend, uh, friend of the podcast, Chris Russell. Love that mad, guy. The mad scientist of recruiting Love that technology. Guy. Uh, he, he says, quote, is a keyword based job domain for an industry niche worth $200,000? Well, the new owner of cybersecurityjobs.com thinks so. They just purchased it at auction via Cido. Uh The sale is the biggest jobs related domain purchase in quite a while. Niche domains like this don't usually sell for six figures. Chad, what do you make of this investment and I put investment in air
1: quotes? <laughs> so 2007 called and they want their exact match domain marketing back. That's <laughs> exactly what I think. They they're already way behind players like HackerRank and a domain won't fix that, right? So this to me feels like pets.com, the you know the the .com bubble which wow. is preparing to to to, to bust. There's way too much money being flushed into this market for stupid shit like a domain that is, I think, what, seven syllables? This is fucking ridiculous.
2: (laughs) Seven. I never thought of it as as number of syllables. Anyway. So, so a quick history of URLs for the kids out there. Uh, there was a time when really only the .dot com mattered. So if you could if yep. you could acquire that, good good for you. There was a time when the SEO benefits of an exact match or exact key phrase domain uh, was a good thing. Uh, you actually ranked well when you owned Toledojobs.com. Uh, those days are gone because Google has said it's not that big a deal. Sometimes it still works, but it's it's not as slam dunk like it used to be. Right. And and type in traffic used to be a real thing. People mm-hmm. actually used to put in what they were searching for and then just added .com at the end of it in their browser. And wherever it took them was wherever they thought they should go. Uh, well, usually thanks. a porn site. <laughs> yes. Thanks. Yeah. Like whitehouse.com.com. whitehouse.com. Anyway, uh, go there if you'd like um, listeners. So <laughs> what am I saying? Where did I go? Okay. So I can't see anywhere. Uh, okay. So apps, app stores, uh, marketplaces and the dilution of TLDs, uh, i.e. like introducing hundreds of new top level domains have slowly chipped away at the value of keyword-rich domains. They're not as hard to get anymore, as long as you're fine putting a .ai or a .io at the end of it. So I can't really see a world where this is a good investment, unless, unless Chad, this company has a budget to market the shit out of this URL. It's easy to remember. Uh, cybersecurity is obviously hot and probably will be for years to come. But short of millions in marketing, This is dumb. They should have just bought a Bored Ape NFT, uh, and Mm -hmm. I'm only half joking about (laughs) that part.
1: Yeah, or cyberjobs.io or some shit like that, right? But yeah, this to me, again, 2007 called Give It Back. Yeah,
2: yeah. And speaking of giving back, we're going to take a break, refill my water glass and coffee cup, and we'll be back with some porn stars.
0: and wasted spending. And hello to optimized automated campaigns that produce qualified applicants. At Acquire ROI, we make job advertising easy. Visit us at acquireroi.com and start transforming your talent acquisition today.
2: All right, Chad. We've been struggling with making sense of the great resignation for over mm-hmm. a year. If only we had just asked famed adult actress Brie Olson for the answers. <laughs> Listeners might remember Brie as one of Charlie Sheen's love interests almost a decade ago, but who knew she could crystallize the issues plaguing employers all over in a single TikTok. No word if she has the credentials, but she did apparently attend Purdue University for about two days Have a listen and make up your own mind.
0: I'm watching 60 Minutes and they're like where are the Gen Z female workers going? That is like the biggest one besides boomers. Where Where are they? Like they're quitting their jobs and they're not coming back and they're interviewing someone from LinkedIn and they're like well what they're quitting the most is uh, service industry jobs and retail jobs. It's like have y'all not heard of OnlyFans? Do you know the millions of women on there, on FanCentro, on all these other websites? Like finally now that sex work isn't stigmatized the way it was when I started, when I was 18, why go put yourself through 40 hours a week when you can work five hours a week and make even more? Uh, like, wh- why is this a discussion in the news still? Really, why?
2: Why, Chad? Why is this still a discussion in the news?
1: She We joke, yeah. but she's got a point, right? Yes, she easily has a point. And as we've said on the show on several occasions that OnlyFans is a good way for a woman to be able to do her work without some old fuck slobbering all over her, right? Not to mention the content that they make. They have loads of libraries of content that they can make money off of instead of just that one dance that happened in that moment. So, I mean, from a business standpoint, it makes a hell of a lot more sense. And again, we've done stories on individuals who are making Anywhere from eight to thirty thousand dollars per month. Mm-hmm. Doing this, why the fuck wouldn't they?
2: Yeah, her comment about why do forty hours a week at a job you hate when you could do five hours of work a week and make more money. Um, it, it 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 all goes back to OnlyFans on this podcast, Chad. I love it. Uh, I do. <laughs> I do feel like the the sad stories are coming. I do think the regret is coming. I think we're going to start, and we have. But we're going to see more and more young young women that have taken this route and have re- and will regret doing it, whether it's a future spouse finds out, family finds out, a future employer finds out. And there's going to be some remorse and regret. But she she has a great point that if if I'm looking at the down the barrel of 40 hours a week at a shit job serving food to assholes or just getting naked on camera, never underestimate horny men, Chad, they will fund anything. They will fight wars. And at this point they might be helping out the great resignation happen in, in ways that uh, we hadn't thought of before. So I got nothing else except that we'll continue to talk about only fans and, and I can't be more excited and we should have more sand, sound bites from, from porn stars, because that's just fun.
1: I've got to say, you know, I think, you know, we're all starting to evolve. Uh, our thoughts, especially in the U.S. I mean, in Europe and other parts of the world, it's not a big deal right? It's a big deal for us in the U S because we we have fucking tight sphincters. We are evolving our thoughts on many of these things. And, uh, you know, if that guy finds out and he doesn't like it and he doesn't marry her, well then fuck that guy. That's what it all comes down to. We only get one of these. We only get one of these, uh, you know, on this, on this crazy blue orb, you know, we got to enjoy ourselves any way that you feel like you need to. That isn't against the law.
2: Which, again, is why we're launching the Chad and Cheese OnlyFans account.
1: (laughs) Nobody wants to see that. Joel Cheeseman's gravy channel.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Joel goes to Arby's next on (laughs) OnlyFans. By the way, on the same show that we had, a porn star soundbite, we had an Adam Gordon soundbite. I don't know if it gets any better than that, ladies and gentlemen. And with that... One and
4: the same. (laughs) We We out. Thank you for listening to...